Want more than just the headlines? Find out what's going on and what it means with me, Dennis Prager, this morning at 11, right here on AM 560, The Answer. Dan and Amy, so uh, some optimism and an even hand from Larry Kudlow, President Trump's chief economic advisor, when he took to the podium to address the press yesterday, talking about uh, President Trump's upcoming meeting with President Xi. Larry Kudlow said the following. In his view, there's a good possibility that a deal can be made. And then he is open to that. He is open to that. But any deal must include addressing these issues. Issues of intellectual property theft must be solved. Forced technology transfers must be solved. Significant tariffs and non-tariff barriers must be solved. Uh, Issues of ownership uh, have to be solved. The President will probably reiterate his view We want a world, ideally, of um, zero tariffs, zero non-tariff barriers, and zero subsidies. Mm. Well, that uh, is a world that I want as well. I don't know that we're getting closer to that world. Uh, Oh, and oh, by the way, CNBC reporting a a study out that was commissioned by Koch Industries that uh, suggests... Uh, the Trump's trade policies, tariffs, taxes, could cost Americans $915 each or $2,400 per household in the form of higher prices, lower wages, and lower investment returns in 2019. If the tariffs stay in place, the losses could add up to set more than $17,000 per household by 2030. Well, that's a bit of a long range to take since President Trump will... Uh, in office no longer than 2024 but anyway in terms of the long-term implications of these sorts of taxing your way to prosperity populist style policies which is how i would describe them not in a complimentary fashion for perhaps the other side of the argument we're pleased to be joined again by our friend steve moore wall street journal columnist chief economist for cnn Steve, how are we doing on our journey to a zero tariff, zero non-tariff barrier, zero subsidy world? Well, well, hi, guys. Uh, look, uh, I find myself somewhere in between where you are, Dan, and where Donald Trump is. I mean, certainly I agree that, uh, you know, tariff is a tax. So there's no question about that. And it, it does cost consumers. So when you go to Walmart and buy things, if we're putting tariffs on Chinese goods, you're going to have to pay a little bit more for the toothpaste and the toys and uh, and, the, and the textiles and the, and the clothing you might buy. So that, that's absolutely true. Uh, but I also agree with Donald Trump that when it comes to China, we can't live with the status quo any longer, that this is an abusive relationship. And uh, for those who are in abusive relationships, they know what, that, that China is, uh, is uh, all fake and no give. And they have, uh, you know, Larry Kudlow is exactly right, that they are stealing our intellectual property, which is theft. That's not free trade. That's theft. They're just stealing our copyrights and our computer software and our, uh, you know, our drugs and our vaccines, and they're not paying us for it. And that's a big problem. And so, you know, I am somewhat hopeful that if Donald Trump can get a win, and by the way, I don't think they're going to get a resolution in, uh, in Argentina. I just, I think China is not ready to make the kind of deal that needs to be made. But uh, look, I applaud Trump for getting very, very tough with China. Now, that said, uh, I do think that the steel and auto tariffs, I mean, the steel and uh, aluminum tariffs have been 
really dim-witted, and they're actually hurting the economy and hurting jobs more than they're helping. So I'm not a sycophant for Trump, but some things he does I think are wise, and other things I think he does on trade are very poorly conceived. And, and uh, But China, look, we got to win with China. We can't keep uh, allowing them to be so abusive to us. Yeah, but what about, I mean, come on, putting 10% tariff tax on our iPhones now and laptops? I mean, that sent Apple stock plummeted by 1.2% yesterday just on his comment alone, but I don't want to pay for that. Who, who well, you know, look, why, is, I mean, why, take, why are consumers your, involved yeah. in this? So let's take your example of, of Apple. Uh, you know, I was talking to an Apple uh, executive a few weeks ago, and they were saying that in, in China there are something like over 100 Apple stores in China. Mm-hmm. Do you know how many of those stores are actually owned by Apple? Like five of them. So what, what China does is they uh, basically take the Apple insignia and they slap it on the door of the store. They say, we're Apple. But they're not Apple. That would be like, you know, Amy, you and I saying, hey, let's go start a Burger King. And we just, you know, put a, put a Burger King sign up in front of our uh, hamburger joint and say, we're a Burger King. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't do that. That's a violation of the property rights of the, of the companies, of American companies. And I'm just using that as a, as a, a little example of the kind of abusive – China's no longer, you know, uh, a teenage economy. It is now it is now a superpower. They are rivaling the United States for, uh, you know, superpower status. Now they're not near there yet, but they want to be. And we sh- we we have to stop treating them like they're, an, uh, you know, an infant and start treating them like an adult economy. And if they're going to be, you know, they got to put their big boy pants on. They got to start following the rules. Uh-huh. And they can't look. I talk to businessmen and women all the time. They say it's almost impossible to do business in China today. You can't sell stuff over there because of their trade practices. So that is not free trade. And they mean ain't free trade. And and the way that we're going to get them to hew the line is by punishing American consumers. That makes sense. Well, look. I mean, Trump has said uh, many times that these tariffs he's imposing. This is a stick. He's he is uh, using this stick uh, as a negotiating tactic to get them to change their behavior. And I'll ask the same question to you that I asked the senators when I testified this on this a few weeks ago. If we're not going to use tariffs to change their behavior, how do we change their behavior? Because you can't stay in an abusive relationship. Yeah, I don't know that. But I'm being abused. <laughs> I mean, yeah, obviously theft, piracy is uh, abusive. And, um, you know, there are these uh, sort of international courts of law. Oh, come on. I know, I know, I know, I know. We're going to go to the WTO and know. we're going to have a uh, grievance against that. What is the, that's, I know. Uh, next thing you know. Next thing you know, you're going to say we go to the United Nations. <laughs> I, I I know, but but here's but so so there's there's that. So that's fine. Then let's let's show the folly of these international organizations. Then number one, number two, that's true. Um, the 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 way to deal with China is to uh, be unilaterally free trade. Is to lower the cost for our consumers well, uh, while the China punishes theirs. That's the way. Well, I think there's something to be said for that. Look, you can point to countries like Hong Kong that have no tariffs, and they're just unilateral free trade. And, you know, anybody wants to bring anything into Hong Kong, they can do it, and that's good for their consumers. But I just think we're in a a rivalry that is not just about economics. It's also about, you know, our national security. China is becoming extremely dangerous in terms of uh, their military actions and their, uh, their actions in terms of, is spending more and more and more money on uh, on uh, on their military and engaging in very 
aggressive behavior in the in the um, Asian Peninsula there. So, you know, look, I think I think it's we need to acknowledge, and I guess you guys aren't there yet. We need to acknowledge we're in a cold war with China right now. They're not a friend. They're not an ally. They are an enemy. They are they are an adversary now, and they they act that way. And Trump's right. They laugh behind our back that we just take this it's like we have a kick me sign on, and and I'm saying let's take the kick me sign off. And you guys are saying no, keep kicking us. Uh, speaking of getting kicked, uh, what do you think about? Uh, yeah, here we go. What do you think about Trump's saber rattling in the direction of GM after the layoffs and the plant closures were announced? Well, first of all, I think the media sensation about this has been way overblown. I mean, they, oh, my God, we're losing factory jobs. The manufacturing is disappearing. That's the most nonsensical thing I've ever heard. Since Donald Trump was elected, we have created one million, just shy of one million new manufacturing and construction jobs. We have more blue-collar jobs in this country today than we can possibly fill. So, you know, yeah, a couple plants are, are closing down, and I'm not making light of this for the families that are affected. That's a very negative thing for their personal lives. But, you know, for every factory that's closing down in America today, we're building 10 new ones. I mean, we don't have a shortage of, of, of you know, blue-collar jobs today. We've got a surplus of them. So yeah, that, but I don't like Trump calling. Way, no, Trump is right, by the way. Sorry, let me just say one thing. I mean, I think Trump is wrong when he says, well, this is, this is uh, um, because of the uh, – uh, what was he saying the other day? Well, oh, he threatened was, to pull uh, government subsidies for General Motors in response oh, yeah. to their layoffs. Well, we shouldn't give subsidies, right? Why, do, why does General Motors get or Chrysler or you know Ford get any subsidies? I'm, I'm against all corporate welfare. The federal government does not have the authority to give money to companies. Well, I understand that, Steve, but he's not making a policy pronouncement across the board. He's specifically targeting GM, I know, I so know. that's the problem. Yeah, no, that, look. I mean, we, the last thing we want is Washington telling American companies where to build factories and where to close them down. I mean, that's absurd. I'm totally with you on that. And that's just Trump being Trump. You know, look, sometimes he, he acts like he, you know, he's the, he's the oracle from on, on high who knows where, you know, factories should be built and where they should be shut down. Of course not. And I, and I, I hate that when he personalizes politics in that way. I think it's, it's an abuse of power, frankly. Do you think uh, Trump is serious about uh, trying to get to a, forget zeros, getting to a lower tax, lower trade barrier, no subsidy or lower subsidy <laughs> environment? Or is this really just about sort of beating China in, in sort of a, a silly binary way? Well, first of all, I think it's a very smart negotiating tactic. I mean, look, I can't get into his head and tell you what he really, you know, believes. Because, frankly, you know, he's got an angel and Larry Kudlow on one shoulder, and he's got a devil, and I'm not going to name who that is, on the other, mm -hmm. you know, whispering. So, you know, some days he says he is for zero terror. Sometimes he says he isn't. But as a negotiating tactic, it's very wise. It's basically, it, re it puts the tables on the Chinese. We're not the bad guys. They are. Trump is going to go to Argentina, and, he, uh, and he's going to say, look, let's get to zero. You, we'll, we'll eliminate our subsidies and our tariffs if you eliminate their yours. Their tariffs are three times higher than ours are. And I think it's a smart strategy. Whether he is willing to go all the way to zero, I, I can't really say, but... Um, you know, this this is uh, this is the this is the battle of our lifetime, really. I mean, this is the most important thing. That's if it's not global warming, it's not climate change. These idiots have put out this report about. You know, how about these guys saying, "All right, by the year 2100, if we don't, you know, put a huge tax on our energy, our economy is going to be, you know, 10 percent lower." I'm like, wait a minute. The people who can't—I do this every day, Dan. The people who can't even tell us what the GDP is going to be next year. 
Yeah. <laughs> Our prediction what the GDP is going to be 80 years from now. I mean, the absurdity of that report. Sorry to change the subject. But no, they can't even I'm sell the they, on this. they can't even sell the Parisians on that. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> exactly. I mean, and this idea that somehow you know the United the, look. I don't know if climate's, climate's been changing for millions of years. We don't know what's going on with it. The idea that these, these climate scientists know what's going on is, is, and that they can affect that somehow through government policy we're going to change the weather. I mean, really, these are the people who they can't, they can't even run the school system in Chicago. <laughs> they can't even teach kids to read, and they're going to change the climate? All right. He is Steve Moore, Wall Street Journal columnist, chief economist for CNN. Steve. I know what you're saying, Dan. You're saying I'm a denier. <laughs> You're a tariff <laughs> denier. You're a tariff denier, not a climate change denier. Moved on from the climate. Uh, Steve, All right, guys. Have a, have a great uh, week. I'll talk to you next week. Take care. And he joined us Bye. on our turnkey.